recording. All right. <laughs> Welcome to the Beauty Beast Podcast. I'm Demi. And I'm Melissa. And let's talk about misinformation. Yes. Um, this was a topic that Melissa and I kind of referenced separately because I feel like in the world of social media, I also feel like I say that every single episode. <laughs> well, um, it's so true. It's it, so, so much part of our lives. Well, and it's a lot. I feel like definitely being a hairstylist or being a nail artist or really anything, to be honest, even outside of the cosmetology industry, uh, it feels like you don't know everything ever well, like and I, well and I feel <laughs> which like now, you never do but you, you get what I'm do, saying but I also feel like now so many people are getting more information quicker and quicker yes. via social media whether right. it be TikTok Instagram or whatever so yes. it's a very relevant thing and I think that it's so awesome especially like when you're working with a brand to be able to reference those things so quickly when you're wanting to educate your client on a product or something like that Now, it's a double-edged sword, though. What happens when it starts to get a little confusing and murky because you're starting to see certain people who don't like the product posting that they don't like the product, why they don't, certain people posting that they do like a product, and then the next thing you know, usually every product has some sort of scandal coming along with it. I mean, it's hard to, like, not name one that hasn't had a skin right I know that's the tough part well and especially with like influencer culture too like if one influencer says that they don't like something or that something is bad then everyone it seems like jumps on that bandwagon and they're like this is bad right no it, it's completely true and I think it's really hard to navigate kind of building your own opinion with listening to some of that noise mm-hmm. sometimes um, it doesn't mean that those opinions or the the knowledge that's out there isn't important but it's it's separating opinion from knowledge well and it's truth from fiction too yeah yeah I mean we were talking before we got started and we both pulled it up just to kind of see a little bit more of their response but specifically we were referencing kind of the shitstorm Olaplex was in currently I know Um, I saw that this morning on TikTok yeah (laughs) so that's been a hot topic and it actually even came up when I went to go pick up my color order the other day and the um girl that was checking me out was asking me like what my opinions were about it um This isn't the first time that they've kind of faced some adversity Mm -hmm. because there was another situation uh, probably almost a year ago now. And then they very quickly like provided the proof to what was going on with that. And it was a specific fragrance. Um, And I remember because some of my clients were very worried and I was like, no, listen, like I completely agree. Let's kind of keep an eye out and see what that response is. And upon that response, you realize that there was probably a little panic that was induced Mm -hmm. um, prematurely because they used those hot, hot words. They were like uh, infertility, you know, the things that really get you scared and worried. And um, so this time it's I don't know if you'd consider it a class action lawsuit, but I know that it's a lawsuit that kind of hit the press that is referring to Olaplex causing hair loss. Mm-hmm. Um, now, there has been so many brands that have experienced the same thing. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean I'm saying the brands are right. That doesn't mean that I'm saying that the brands are wrong. I really don't. I'm not a scientist, right? Right. Like I can read into what scientists tell me about products, but at the end of the day, I don't have a PhD. I have a cosmetology (laughs) license. Exactly. Um, 
And so I definitely think that just as any other product that goes through something like that, it's important that you do exactly what I said before, which is watch and see where it kind of goes and where it evolves to. Um, I think it's so hard to jump on a bandwagon, especially at least from my perspective on my side. When it comes to hair loss, I think that there's a variety of things that can be occurring in today's world that could make it happen. Uh, For sure. Um, I think we saw a big influx in hair shedding post-COVID. Yes. Um, We saw a big influx in hair shedding post-COVID in relation to stress too. I, I, that was one of the biggest kind of topics that I think all of us as hairstylists could somewhat relate to coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, and just as we were trained in hair school to never give medical advice, right? So right. that is something that stressed, I'm sure on your side with, with nails, you oh, know, and, and being in school, yes. it is made abundantly clear over and over again. We are not a medical professional. So when your client comes to you with a concern that has to do with a medical issue, you can maybe say, Hey, yeah, I noticed some of the same things. However, with that being said, you encourage them to go see a doctor. Theodore has fully joined our conversation. He's like, I have no balding issues. I am full of hair and on Melissa's lap. Oh, God, Theodore. All right. So I think what my main topic is, is my, my main topic, my main purpose in my little speech that I just had um, was there was a response that came through from Olaplex's side, and it was science-based from a scientist. Now, with that being said, do I think that it doesn't matter? And do I think that that's not going to be enough for certain individuals? 100%. But now it becomes opinion-based. So now you have the scientific facts, right? There's products all the time in each of our industries that we like or that we dislike. Now you have all of the facts because now you have both the information of the negative that had kind of come out, clarification from the brand on what the truth is behind it. Now you make your decision for you for what is the best, you know, route moving forward. But the important thing is having all the information from fact-based sources, not opinions that are pretty much like a Reddit comment. It's just on Instagram or TikTok, you know? Right. No, for sure. And like, something that's going around or was going around or is, I think it's kind of sort of phasing out right now is again, this study with like the UV lights with nails. Um, and in the past it's been, you know, UV lights for nails cause cancer. Well, like the latest research that came out and the study that was done says that it causes DNA mutations, which freaks people out like oh it mutates you Mm -hmm. you know yeah those are big words those are really big and scary words right and you know it's so damaging and it's kind of crazy I mean none of my clients are I mean I shouldn't say that they aren't concerned but you know they know you know everything about Okay, Theo, sorry. He needs to be vetoed. He is a little, he's acting a little, he's really passionate about misinformation, clearly. He's like wanting to get up on the table right now. (laughs) 
I guess I should take a video so we can yes. attach it to fully make it understandable what we're dealing with. But it's something that all it goes around every few years. I think that it was something that I like Dr. Oz or one of those like kind of talk show kind of things. Like first it came out saying that it causes cancer and people were all in up in a uproar you know, should I wear like the gloves? Do I need to put on sunscreen? Like, I don't want, I don't want to get gel on my nails. Like I'll just do regular polish, yeah. you know, cause it's so bad for me. Mm-hmm. Well, when you really look at like the different studies that are being done and things like that, it's, you know, they're not using the, you, you know, like the lights right. like, at 30 or 60 second intervals. They're leaving somebody's hand in there for like 20, 30 minutes at a time. Like, no one does that in a salon. Like It does kind of make me chuckle, too, because do we not all remember when we had, like, the Playboy stickers on our, right? our like, lower hip and we were freaking baking, like, potatoes? In right. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of, like, wild, but, you know, like I've told my clients, like, you're getting more sun exposure walking to and from the salon probably yes. from the car especially mm-hmm. because we live in <clears throat> south florida like yeah. there's never a day where it's not really sunny yeah so unless you're wearing sunscreen every time you leave the house or like and not just putting it on your face but putting it all over your exposed skin right a uv light or led light especially in south florida with the way that it is down here like you're in your car you're getting exposed like there's so much exposure so much i do feel and let me see how you feel about this because i know that i mean i i think in certain ways because we've clearly seen like farther research going into everything that we're putting into our bodies now Mm -hmm. there's a bigger focus than there's ever been um so I feel like five years ago, you could like a product for exactly what it did on somebody's hair. I think always I've been educated on the protein topic. So uh, first and foremost, you kind of know too much protein is not good, just as not enough protein is not good. Mm -hmm. And each could sign you up for damage in the same, well, different versions, but it would would bring you to damage, Right. right? So that's something that like we've kind of held on since hair school. That was a first thing that we touched on. But I think past that, you were like, okay, moisture-based product. Love this. I'm going to recommend it. And I don't want to say it was simple, but it wasn't that deep is maybe the way that I would word it. And I think that there's been an added pressure as the years have gone on where you know, with the natural routes people are trying to take, you get certain questions asked. And, and I am like, I'm, we all have covered this 18,000 times. I'm <laughs> such a people pleaser that I'm like, oh my God, I should know that. And sometimes you just don't like with right. questions about like natural products, or if you're applying color, you know, to somebody's hair, I know certain things about the brand. I know as much as I can, but it's also okay if you don't have every scientific breakdown exactly with them right in front of you. And I'm sure that me saying that it would maybe anger some people, but I think it's really difficult because when you talk about our industries, they're very art-based, right? So, right. And if it's not something that isn't your forte per se, like if you only do like bleached balayages and right. whatever, 
like I'm sorry, there's not like a natural bleach. Right. Like there like, can't it, be. And and so it's a very hard topic because it almost becomes a pressure that you feel right. like you're trying to live up to and and be, you know, fully versed. And I do think it's kind of in certain ways become a witch hunt, you know, like of like making sure that you know everything. Right. And I do think it's super important. Like for instance, with me, like I have different product lines that I know do better and worse when it comes to sensitivity with skin. Mm-hmm. Um, like I have some clients that absolutely love Amika, for instance. Right. And Amika is a very perfumey line. So for me in particular, I'm extremely sensitive when it comes to um, scents and products. I think we can all laugh and agree that I can like look at something wrong and I have a hive. So for my personal experience, I don't do well with any product that has too much of a perfume backing to it. Too much scent for me signs me up for usually an issue. So I don't love using Amika personally. And that's the advice that I hand out to any of my clients that are a little bit more sensitive. That's my opinion. That's not me saying Amika is a bad product. That's me saying, you know, for me, I'm a little sensitive. The perfume gets me a little, that smell gets me a little too much. So I tend to go with verb for my at home use. Right. That doesn't mean that I'm misinforming people. That's my opinion. That doesn't mean Amika is a bad product. That doesn't mean that verb's a better product. It just means I like different things for different heads of hair. Well, and it's also conveying to your client, this isn't a product that I typically use because I am more sensitive. So I'm not maybe as well versed with the Amika line as versus somebody else in your salon or anything like that and then I have like Bella that does swear by every ounce of Amika products like I like their shampoo and conditioners to recommend for some of my coarser head of hair clients Mm -hmm. um and then I also love verb so like I'm not like I don't live by one line I believe in kind of going with what works given the situation that's presented in front of you right Um, for sure I mean, and there's different types of like, just like with that, how when I have a new client or whenever I do take a new client and they'll be like, oh, I'm so glad I found somebody that uses gel because acrylic ruins my nails. Well, no product should ruin your nails. Mm -hmm. Like then it's time for me to go, okay, well, let me educate them. You know, over filing hurts, you know, can ruin your nails. You ripping off your acrylics can ruin your nails, just like you ripping off your gels can ruin. That was more. (laughs) Okay. We're on a roll today. He got caught in the cord. <laughs> well, now we don't have to worry about him coming back over because Morty is a very sensitive dog, so he's yes. going to have PTSD. And even um, Theo's like, oh my gosh. He's like, that dog is crazy. <laughs> you know, just another day in the Montoya house. Well, eventually, like I said, like we said last time, 2023 goals, we're going to have a podcast office. Listen, they just want to be a part of it. Exactly. So anyway, but like I'm saying, you need to educate like your clients that it's not the product. It could be the technician. It could be them like peeling it off. So even things like that, like it's misinformation, like no product should ever ruin your nails. Probably like, I don't know how it is in hair because you know me, I don't do hair, but 
hopefully like a shampoo can't necessarily ruin no, your hair. I, I, yeah. I mean, so I think, well, not, I think products align with what your color services also are doing at the same time. You know, I saw, uh, like years ago, uh, I remember for instance, it was like one of the real housewives. She did like some like entertainment tonight thing. And she like, was like, I use Pantene on my hair. Right. But then she was like, but I don't color my hair. Right. Okay. So like, that's a very important little snippet that she just said. She doesn't color her hair. She hadn't at that point. I've never touched my hair with color yet. Right. But I which use is Pantene. so different. Okay. Well, that's why her hair still somewhat looks amazing because right. you could get away with using said product and she's not stressing her hair out when it comes to any sort of color. Therefore, she's not having the same negative effect that, you know, normally I feel like Pantene was the first one that we were like, don't use that. Like, you know, <laughs> um, and it was like showing the coding that it created and everything like that. That mm-hmm. was like back when social media first started kind of, you know, booming with the videos. And I remember that was a big topic. Well, it's also situationally based. Right. Is it a product I would recommend because of what's in it anyway? No. But somebody who does not have any color on their hair could get away with using a product that maybe I wouldn't necessarily recommend, but their hair still is going to hold a certain level of shine and look okay if their natural hair holds that anyway. And they're using a drugstore product if their hair hasn't been stressed already. Mm -hmm. But in reality, when we color, especially when we use bleach on somebody's hair, you are stressing the hair in a certain sense. Even if you are as careful as can be, if you use K18, if you use a bonding product, anything like that, right? You're going to sign yourself up for some sort of shift in the integrity of the hair. Doesn't mean that the hair's damaged, but it means there was a shift because you've now chemically processed the hair. So in order for the hair to feel good and to go back to that pre-chemically treated feeling, Mm -hmm. it's about home use. So then I'm going to start to steer into moisture products, things like that. Now, if I do something chemically to your hair and I adjust what you came in with, meaning you came in with a head of virgin hair and you're one of those people that's just shiny, like you have that good head of hair, really honestly, if you're working off of virgin hair and you're, you know, lifting and that's their hair integrity, they're going to feel pretty good post that. Right. But if they go home and use the same product that they were using before, despite us changing their hair's integrity, of course their hair is going to start to feel different. That's the inevitable, right? But if we send them home with products that are going to re-moisturize, add softness back, things like that, start having them mask once a week. Depending on what services they got done, sending them home with that product regimen is what's going to give them that, you know, success when they leave you. Now, before, like I said, they maybe could have gotten away with using something a little bit taboo, (laughs) but that's the reality of when your situation changes, even with nails, then you have to change your regimens moving forward. Absolutely. I mean, it's just... It's informing your client of what needs to happen or correcting like those social media right 
influences or misconceptions right or even not even just social media but just like lifetime misconceptions because I mean listen I was the worst acrylic wearer in my late teens early 20s I would go and get a full set on and the minute the minute a corner lifted all 10 of them were gone. Oh, gosh. I ripped You the- broke all the rules. Oh, I'm a picker. That's why I tell my clients, do as I say, not as I do. I mean, I have no shame. But that, but I knew that about me. So it was never acrylic damages my nails. It was, well, I ripped all 10 of them off. Right. When so one was now lifting. They're, so, of course, there's damage to my nails. They're feeling like they're paper thin. Yeah. Exactly. And then I would go back in two or three weeks and get a new set put on and... Do you it know, all over again. Pretty much. Yeah. So, of course, my so nails there's, were garbage. there's user error mixed in with that, too. Exactly. And, you know, just like with hair, there's nail at-home care. Like, are you using cuticle oil? Because that will help improve your, you know, mm-hmm. your nails. Are you wearing gloves when you clean? Are you in the ocean? You know, water breaks down. Your nails are porous and yes. everything like that. So there are certain things. It's not always the product right now it's asking could, those important questions for right, sure for sure and you could definitely have like product allergy build up over time like that's very common with like gel and acrylic and those types of products mm-hmm. um and then what I always do is I just you know I'll say listen like let's take them off let's give you know, go back to square one and see if this clears up. If not, you need to go see a doctor or a dermatologist or something like that. We went through that with one of my clients recently. She was having like itchiness, like around her nails, like after I would top coat her. So I was like, okay, so let's not do cuticle oil or lotion when we're done. Um, let's try a different top coat. And we've got it now to where we've eliminated. She could have been allergic to one of the top coats that I use. So we just switched her top coat and she's been perfectly fine. I mean, do I know what it was? Or maybe it was something else she was coming into contact with after her nail appointment. We have no idea, but we found now like what works for us. Yeah. And I mean, thankfully, you know, disclaimer, she does work in the dermatology field. So, so she wasn't super. She yeah. wasn't like super concerned, but we just had to do like a process of elimination there and figure it out. She's like, it has to, you know, I think something has changed in your steps, which had I had switched top coats mm-hmm. and it just wasn't agreeing with her. Yeah. So for her, I used the previous top coat, which is fine. Right. I had that happen um, with a few of my clients because your body changes over time. Oh, for sure. And so now like I'm rounding out to doing some of my clients for a solid like six, eight year period. And maybe we did not the same exact root color because of course we've changed over right. the eight, you know, years. They've been coming to me but the same product line Mm -hmm. all of a sudden they start having sensitivity they start having irritation so I usually start to eliminate one thing at a time but upon the immediate start of any irritation beginning the first thing I say is you need to contact your dermatologist because this is a sign of you having some sort of reaction so well even though I can eliminate 
I always encourage you to go. Well, and even still that like that is outside the scope of our licensure. Right. We are not medical professionals. That's like the first thing that they teach you in beauty school is that's out like don't diagnose anything. And it's interesting because sometimes even on like the forums that I belong to like and I get it because I feel like when you get a picture of your client having an allergic reaction, your gut does like a flip because you Mm. never want to send somebody out like that you've medically compromised their well-being. Exactly. You know, and I get that level of guilt. I I totally do. It's not needed because there was no malicious intent. You did something, you provided a service, you had no idea that their body's chemistry was going to react right. negatively with what you you did. Right. But okay, they've reacted. I see a lot of pictures like how would you recommend proceeding forward? And I see some different comments and at least in my opinion, the only proceeding forward is to recommend that they go to a doctor. Yes. Like, because you can compromise your license by giving medical advice that you really shouldn't be giving. And while, yes, it completely makes sense that they're reaching out to you. Right. 130%. There's no doubt that they should be because they've gotten a service done by you and something happened from said service. So, even though, you know, you didn't do anything wrong per se, them communicating that with you is important so you can adjust what you guys do moving forward, like you just said with your client. Well, However, and even still, they trust you. They know exactly. you. They know that this is, you know, you yeah. see how many heads of hair a week. Right. I see how many hands a week. Like, chances are we've come across it. Yes. But even still, I say, listen, I'm not sure you should go see a dermatologist, but and just to get double checked and then we can right. address X, Y, and Z moving forward. Right. Um, I have had only a few, knock on wood, thank God, instances of that. But I will say another thing with handling something like that, which is kind of off the misinformation topic, but if we're in it, we well, might as well I cover mean, it all. It, but it's not. It's it's part of misinformation. Normally, yeah. like I will follow up immediately with a personal call because I think that sometimes the call, aside from a text, especially when you have a client who's like worried um, with me, it comes to hair. So right. you're talking about sometimes like facial swelling or something like that right. from a reaction. That's pretty scary. It's you know? very scary. Um, so taking the time to just call and communicate with the client can sometimes a lot help a lot too because sometimes if you just message in and you're like, oh, like uh, I recommend you going to your dermatologist, blah, blah, blah. It kind of seems like you're washing your hands of the situation. Yeah. Um, so at least like that's something that I definitely would say. If you're faced with something like that, you're signing yourself up to misinform, trying to give medical advice where you don't have the place to give it. Right. And I see that same thing in a lot of like nail like groups and everything like that. Somebody will be like, does anyone know what this is on this person's nail? And they'll post like a picture of, you know, their client's nails and they'll be like, oh, it's this. Oh, it's that. She needs to do X, Y, and Z. And like no one says she should go see a dermatologist. Yeah, sometimes I, on that's these posts. kind of my takeaway that I see. I don't. Yeah. I don't want it to feel that I'm bashing because I completely get it. We're in a forum to give each other advice, but right. not medical advice. Right. Unless somebody no. comes in and is like, "I have a PhD and I'm a hairstylist," which good for you, girl. Right. If you're both, then go ahead with your bad self. But exactly. Me? No. No. And even I had, I mean, you know, my client, she was getting married and she had an accident with her nails Mm -hmm. and she dropped something. It kind of like slipped up, slipped out of her hands, bent her nails back. 
And I mean, her and I laugh about it now, so I can laugh and say, like, she FaceTimed me, like, ugly crying, and she was like, I don't know what to do. And I told her, I'm like, listen, you need to clean it. She's like, but it hurts. I'm like, well, it's going to hurt. You know, unfortunately, this is a nail trauma. Like, all I could do is keep calm in that moment. And I was like, if you feel the need to, you need to go and get medical attention. Mm-hmm. You know, if you are that, if you're concerned, I said, but right now you just need to, you know, calm down. There's nothing we can do right now. Like I can't take them off or anything like that, especially cause I mean, I wasn't at work that day, Yeah. but even still, I told her at your next appointment, they're probably still going to be sensitive. I'm not going to soak them off. I'm not going to e-file them off. Cause you know, we'll just have to wait and see how you're feeling, but just, you know, if you feel like you need to go to a doctor, I think that you should, but you know, they're going to say the same things probably as you, you know, clean it out, make sure there's no infection, make sure it's dry, blah, blah, blah. And we'll get there when we get there. So she's like, okay. And she never ended up going to a doctor, but you know, she soaked her nails or whatever, um, just to kind of clean them out. And she did end up losing one nail that fell off. And I was like, well, what we do now is we just kind of watch and make sure that it reattaches as the new nail comes in. Yeah. And I was like, you know, you do have the potential to lose the other one. I said, again, if you feel you need to go to a doctor, you need to call, you know, the dermatologist and make an appointment. I said, but I have seen this before. Sonny is agreeing in the background yeah, in case you passionate. can't hear. And if anybody knows anything about Sonny that's close to it, they know he's like the quietest cat ever. So he's like, tell him, Auntie Melissa. Preach it, girl. Yeah. But I mean, you... I, he's so cute. I love him. Um, so, you know, she did end up losing one of her nails and it was fine and whatever. So, you know, and it did, her nails are completely fine. They were fine for her wedding. Thank goodness. I was able to extend them out by that point, but you know, it just, it took some time. And, yeah. but every time I talked to her or I saw her or saw her mom, cause I also do her mom's nails. I reiterated the fact, but if you feel that you need to, you should consult with your doctor because I am not a medical professional. Yes. Yeah, End of story. Right. I think that that's, it keeps coming back to the same thing. That's the very important thing. It also ties into continuing education. So by continuing education, you do have the confidence to advocate in the places, or not advocate, but speak about, you know, the things that you should speak about right. and not speak about the things that you didn't speak about in reality. Um, and aside from that too, I also think my other takeaway is like, I, we use this Olaplex situation as a really prime example because it just happened. Right. Mm -hmm. So I knew because I have certain clients who use Olaplex. Okay. As soon as I saw that, (laughs) as soon as I saw that come out, I was like, okay, noted like for sure. I'm going to have questions. Same as I did the last time when the first, you know, thing came out. I immediately started looking into it and kept an eye out the entire time for when a response came and what the response was. So as soon as that response came out, I was like, okay, now I'm able to move forward with better explaining what's been going on. Um, 
I will also tell you that the amount of times that these these products have been in lawsuits for different versions of hair loss uh, is pretty wild. <laughs> Not just their product line, and there are certain product lines that are on social media that go after other product lines. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, don't really look to tap into hairstylists as their main sellers. Uh, they they lean into MLM style marketing. I feel like I'm gonna ruffle some feathers with this comment. Um, but um, I think at this point everyone knows the product you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. And I think I've touched on this before that I, I when it comes to that, it's not that um, I I'm not looking to bash that product because I do think that like I have a client who still sells it to this day who loves certain things about it. And it's the way she goes about it that I'm fully supportive and would recommend anybody who likes that product. If you genuinely like it and it works for your hair and you prefer it, I'm not going to beat you over the head with shame. All right. You like a product. No big deal. Here's the person I would recommend to do it. Now, with that being said, If you see a product line that's doubling down and going after a million other product lines, right? And that's kind of more of their focus than their own products. Uh, Red flag is all I'm going to say. Number two is look into them a little deeper because you may find that there's some similarities between them and uh, some other products out here that are going through some lawsuits that might make you be like, huh, okay. Uh, there was one in the state of Florida in particular that yes. came out about a year and a half ago that was an interesting read. Now, with that being said, I don't think it would be right for me to sit here and say, now we should ban that and not let anybody use it because there are certain people that that product works for and they like that product, right? Right. So it's just about knowing what products work for you and what products don't. And sometimes it's not a good match for you. You can't read something on social media and a short little snippet that's been condensed down to one Instagram slide and build your whole opinion based off of that. Well, and then you also have to question your source too, because if that one little Instagram slide is from somebody who is either pro or con of that product, like I feel, I mean, this is me getting on my former teacher soapbox like people don't question sources as much anymore always like yeah. they just take it for fact oh well tiktok said this right so like it questioned the source right and then there was um it, it was interesting because there was even like a situation where there was some clarification um when it came to like aerosol based uh Dry shampoos. Yeah. And they were, I remember, I yes. think I had shared it with you because I was like, you know, it was refreshing to kind of see somebody start to advocate for that topic mm-hmm. um, because they were saying like, oh, the cornstarch right on your root line and, da, 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 and like talking about how, you know, more natural options. And he came on and, and explained the true breakdown as to why that aerosol being linked into the dry shampoo, A, is not dangerous for you. B, it's actually a little more dangerous to be putting straight cornstarch right on your root line. and But it was a breakdown that made sense that was well explained. Right. Um, which is, it's hard in today's world to not build an opinion based off of just what you're seeing right in front of you, right? Um, I feel bad because... Well, I always feel bad when I get a little passionate, but... Um, <laughs> 
you know, with the topic of like Monet, for instance, um, I saw that video going around a lot of like the Q-tips, right? With the different heat protectants or like the rejuvenate oil, I think is what it's called. And then there was the Olaplex oil Mm -hmm. and one other. And I think it was Moroccan oil, maybe. Um, And they lit each Q-tip that was saturated on fire, right? So I think they were showing that theirs doesn't light on fire at all. Now, I saw another video not too far after that where they showed upon blowing out the Q-tip that was on fire, one of the three was like kaputzed completely, like it was gone. But um, blowing out the number seven oil, the Q-tip was fully intact after they blew the flame out. Right. Meaning it acted as a heat protectant, if that makes sense. Like it protected so it did its job. Right. Um, I think that's exactly what I mean. You could go to any brand and they're going to push their brand as the best in comparison to the others. Of course. So you have to do the proper research for yourself and then also know and be okay with sitting and resting and knowing you found products that work and don't make it that deep. Do you know, like, I I don't think, or we're going to live a whole life of just, like, being spiraling. Yes, spiraling at all times. Well, and then also being able to, like you were saying before, like, almost not defend. I don't think the defend is the right word that I'm looking for, but also stand behind the products that you're using. Like, this is why I use this product Mm -hmm. because X, Y, and Z. Right. You know, yes, these, you know, things have come out. Here's the research on it. Here's the research that I've done. And this is why I'm still using it. And being able to convey that to your clients in a confident manner is so important. Right. You know, um, I mean, there's just, I know a few years ago, there was an issue with like a builder in a bottle and it was going all around like the nail groups about how it's causing lifting and it's like the manufacturing that's changed. And I think even one of the posts was like, oh, because it's manufactured in China, that's why this is happening. Well, spoiler alert, the majority of products are manufactured in China, not just for nails, but for everything that we do. So it's like, you need to be able to explain the difference, you know, maybe something that's going on with those clients or that particular product or something has changed, but you need to like be able to do that research and convey it to your clients and, you know, reassure them almost not, not continue to sell them on your services or what you're doing, but just kind of knowing that this could alarm some people. How can I convey that this is still, you know, okay okay for them to do And also, too, like, if you have a client who, I mean, for instance, like, I did have a few that saw the Olaplex situation, and that was enough for them to kind of be like, I'm going to take a break from Olaplex. Awesome. That feels right for you, so let's do it. I have some other products that I do love. Let's recommend and kind of pivot off of that. Exactly. I don't really personally ever recommend marrying yourself to one line so deeply, um, because it's not a one size fits all type right. of thing. So I like to carry two, three product lines in our salon. Honestly, I'm okay with switching through the years too. Like sometimes right. through the years, your hair plateaus, your hair needs a change. I mean, we were eating up the whole Moroccan oil 
thing. When I first came into the industry, it was like, have you smelled it? We should get body mist too. Do you want to get a candle? What about body lotion? (laughs) Like everything had to smell like Moroccan oil, right? Um, Which was great. But then at some point I was like, okay, I think I'm ready for a shift. And I don't carry Moroccan oil anymore. You know, like at the time I loved it for what it did. Then I found products that I better liked. For instance, with Kerastase, I think it's a nice product line. I don't dislike it. I think that I can recommend my clients something a little bit more cost effective that does the same job, in my opinion. Um, That's why I think it's so hard when we talk about like misinformation. It like the the waters get muddy when it you start to talk about opinion, too, because it feels like now with social media and just like, you know, with trying to be your best version of yourself for your career in our industry, you need to know it all. And there's no way that you're going to know it all. But if you're open to constantly learning and you don't stick your nose up to new information, I think that's the exact way you have to head into it. Always be open to new information coming out. It's not a failure that you were presented a product, i.e., something like Olaplex, and it worked great for your clients for years, and something comes out about something that they're going through with their brand or their product line, don't take it like that's a failure on your end. You've loved a product. It's been working great. And look, there's a response that clarified it's not, it's not a, the whole world, you know, needs to turn their backs on Olaplex. But what I mean is don't let it induce anxiety for you if you've loved a product You've done your best to educate yourself on it. And then something comes out that is maybe a little bit or even muddy about it. Because I think, like we said in the beginning, every product line goes through it. I think we're going to see it continue to happen more because this clean product movement is finally spilling over into our industries, yeah. which, to be honest, we're behind on. Like, I mean, not we're because we don't make the products, but, right, but meaning our industries are a little behind on it. Like, I feel like. This clean movement has kind of spilled over into a lot of other brands. I mean, Mm -hmm. a lot of other avenues of the world, whether it be food or I I even feel skincare is a little ahead of hair care and nail care. I don't know if you. Well, I mean, and I don't know, maybe this might be an unpopular opinion, but again, like what I said before, you're not going to find an all-natural bleach. Mm -hmm. You're not going to find an all-natural gel. You're not going to find something that is completely clean when you're looking at changing your hair or changing your nails. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, there's nothing organic that is going to give your (laughs) nails strength and structure and anything like that. So I think your opinion's important to kind of... Right. to hear and listen to because I think we've started to put a lot of pressure on ourselves to constantly like do better right right and we can try our hardest to do better but I think at the rea- the reality at the end of the day is we provide chemical services yes so part of doing better may not be trying to find chemical free options but rather than looking for chemical free options how well versed are, are you on the chemicals that you're providing or the chemical services you're providing. How well versed are you on the products that you're putting on clients here? That's how you can do better, right? To be fully informed from that standpoint. I don't think to hold the expectation that, you know, 
I'm only applying henna in the salon. Like, <laughs> And listen, if somebody's doing just that, get it, girl. I'm not saying you're doing anything wrong. I'm just saying I don't want to lift through it. Like, right. <laughs> but but like, there's like there's a way to do it. And I think, you know, like somebody will be like, you know, is this gel like vegan or is it this right. or is it, and you do know, you sometimes, is it natural? But do you, I mean, like sometimes you're like gulp. I don't know. Is it natural? I'm, like, and you know, and you know, deep down it's not, but it almost feels like you're taboo for right. about to be like, no, right. Like, no, and it has red dye 40 in it. No, no. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's like, it's, it's cruelty free. Right. Like, they don't test it. Like right. a lot of my products, they don't test on animals or anything like that. So I can say that. With yeah. I feel like we've, but... we've rounded that corner. Now it is right. definitely time. You know, I, I know that there's a few lists that you can even go to like websites and like plug in your different hair care products, plug in your different nail care products and see kind of like their standing. Right. When it comes to like how naturally based they are, how healthy they are. Um, wow. Sunny, Sunny is, is like stay informed people. He's, he's like harmonizing yes. with us. <laughs> um, but I think that like those are really great to lean into too. You just still have to remember one very important thing. What are you doing to your hair? Right. So don't get so stuck on the number one thing on that list that says it's so good for your hair because they're telling you about the products in that, you know, the chemicals in that product, not thinking about the fact that you bleached your hair or not thinking about the fact that, you know, maybe you've done certain things to even, you need nail, cuticle oil after you've done all of your services because you've done certain things to, that would maybe essentially dry out your cuticles right. inevitably because of the services you just exactly. got. The cuticle oils replenishing what you t- kind of just took away. Right. So don't get so stuck on having like the gold star at the top of the list if you're not remembering at the same time right. that you've done certain things to change the integrity of your hair or your nails. Exactly. Or anything that you do or yeah. whatever. So with that being said, thank you for coming to our TED Talk. <laughs> I feel like we got a little passionate. We did, a little bit. A little but I bit. think it's good because especially like with the things going around on social media now too. So hopefully this will help. Yeah, definitely. I, I recommend just take a deep breath and try to find natural. I mean, natural. There we oh, go. God. I mean, try to find good sources yes. before you panic because we all know you watch one video on TikTok and then your whole feed's about whatever you just watched. Yeah. You, so you definitely can spiral and be like, well, I should pack my scissors up. It's, it's a wrap for me. Yep. I know shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Well, if you have any questions for us, please feel free to DM us. DM us. Wow, I'm on a roll today. DM us um, at the Beauty Beast Podcast on Instagram. Or you can always email us at thebeautybeastpodcast at gmail.com. That too. Melissa got through it way better than I did. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah. Until next time. Until next time.